the, the difference I, I've hit record. I just want you to know I really have. Um, the, what happens with the Instapot is, you know, every time I look up a recipe, like how long do you have to cook chicken? It's like you have to go through 15 ads in and then you get a recipe. And it's like, I don't want a recipe. I just want to know when is it safe to eat the chicken I've Instapotted and I never I can never find it. And so I was always a little afraid to use it between the salmonella and possibly blowing up the kitchen because it's a pressure cooker so we never really made much use of it as opposed to the slow cooker which is like even if you left it, it on matter. two days you'd be fine it, yeah right. you just you're you're yeah it'll be fine i think, yeah, the I think that, is, is little... that is the old joke of of the recipe that you cannot you know it's you know i don't i don't really want to learn how to cook chicken i want to learn your story about how to cook chicken Right. That's why I'm here on this website right now. Right. That's why I decided to come to your website for it, to hear your story and how your mama made, you know. Right. You I first you encountered lessons. a hamburger when I was seven on, in Germany, <laughs> and I thought it was the most exotic thing ever. And I'm six Called them steamed hams those days. Right. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, welcome, everyone, to Maybe Next Year, a podcast that – um. We are just going over some cooking. Look, I, I had a weird. I'm Frank. I'm Scott. I'm Paul. And I had a weird like hour and a half right before this podcast started. And I needed a little snack and I needed a little drink before I hit the button. And then Scott rightly pointed out that maybe you would be interested in our thoughts on slow cooking in Instapots. Um, and it's the end of summer. So last chance to get this bullshit in. That doesn't really count as football talk. Um but I guess we should talk football. Uh, the Bills, since we last spoke, they they played a football game. They cut some people. They have announced who's going to play for the next game. I notice it's not in the agenda, but there is Deshaun Watson news from Cleveland that we could talk about if we just wanted yep. to dump on a guy. That that seems he seems like a good guy to dump on. Um, all of which was is is open for for debate and discussion. But I'm going to go with Paul first. Because Paul made the agenda, Paul, 27 to 24, Sean McDermott, uh, absolutely tempting fate, I believe, <laughs> by having a tie football game late in the first preseason game. But obviously, supreme confidence in Tyler Bass that that he would, you know, change the score uh, and, and avoid said uh, uh, ruin, which would be. I'm going to while while you're talking, I am going to Google preseason overtime games and see if there has been one. Um, oh, yeah, but, there there but, have been. The Bills were involved in one with, I think, Billy Joe Hobart way back in the day. Oh, OK, well, then I won't I won't I won't. Maybe I'll Google it. We'll, we'll see. Yeah, but Google I'm, it anyway. OK, um, but, you know, they, they played a game. Certain people did things and yeah. it, we are want to to discuss it. So go ahead and give us your initial thoughts on game one preseason. Yeah, and I will I will slightly defend Sean McDermott in that when they were down 14, they got a touchdown. They did try to go for two, and that they they missed. So he was clearly trying to get eight and then seven and called a day. But after they got mm -hmm. six, they kind of had to go for eight the next time because now like okay, good, we'll just lose by one. Yeah, but so, if he had gone for six again, right, or, or ended up with six again, <laughs> that try an right. outside kick and like we're gonna no no no, then you're down two, right? Aren't you down two? No, no, it was down, <laughs> down 14, and then they got a touchdown to make it. Uh, eight, eight. And, and they tried to get the two so they could make it six and then score another touchdown and win with next point, but they missed. So then they had to get, they got another touchdown. So now they're down, uh, two, uh, very late and they can't just go for one. They've got to. No, point. I think what I'm saying is because it's the, the 
preseason, you do go for one. Oh, okay. And then you you either are going to lose the game and nobody cares, or you kick the field goal and you still win, but you win by two instead of three, and you don't have to put the fear of God into everyone that we're going to have an overtime football game. Right, but there is the pride it's, it's now. A bunch of, it's a bunch of third stringers who we don't really care about at that point. Like, right. I mean, like, to be brutally honest, like, they are not... It's not like Josh Allen is taking these snaps <laughs> in overtime here. So, hey, okay, so... so like. <laughs> So like, I'm saying not, I don't like, care. They care about winning the game because this right. is their. I mean, they're on the field. I think you owe it to them. Like that's the that's like a little bit of the culture of football is that you don't just start taking knees in the fourth quarter unless it's like fifty to nothing. Like if the game is still in play, you got to keep playing. That's, I just it's. Yeah, I think this is a great place to summarize for anybody who's new to the podcast the three personalities you will get here. Paul will say, <laughs> "Yeah, but you're trying to win." I will say, "I don't care about this." let's just get out of here. And Scott's opinion is I don't care about them. And so if they get hurt playing in overtime, <laughs> what do I care? Right. And fuck you, and Frank. I, I think that's the other, that's the other thing you're missing. <laughs> what was it? And fuck you, Frank. That's the other. And fuck me, Frank. Right. Yeah. yeah. So if you can, if you can keep that in your head, you can follow along with any episode basically, but let, let's, let's actually turn to Paul for real thought <laughs> on preseason game one. <laughs> Yeah, nothing I say is going to be as interesting as that discussion, so we'll keep this this brief. The Bills did extend their preseason win streak to nine games. So in that sense, uh, important to win Ooh. for some reason or another. Yeah, it was it, it was the, the thing that stood out to me, uh, O.J. Howard in the game late in the fourth quarter, allegedly to get him some experience in pass-first situations and say, no, he's a, a, a good blocker. Uh, well, I hope that's the case because you cut him. That's not a good offseason sign. You take a cap hit. So that's bad. Uh, Elam, uh, cornerback, everything you'd expect based on the impressions that people were giving of him, that reporters were giving of him uh, in practice. Some really good, good plays, good, some good flash plays, some good solid, you know, uh, play, uh, snap to snap play at points. And then points where he fell apart a little bit, as one would expect from a late round cornerback, you know, rookie draft pick. Uh, the interesting to me that Dane Jackson sat, I guess that makes them say, all right, well, Dane, you've got one spot now it's between Elam and I always forget this. The, the, is it Christian Benford? The, Christian uh, Benford who yeah. apparently during the game, the sideline reporter, uh, the bill's local sideline reporter was saying that other GMs had texted her to see if Christian Benford was going to make the team. They were yeah. trying to feel out that because a lot of people are impressed with his play. Yeah, I think he's he's got to be a lock at this point because the fact that he's even competing with the first round pick for the opposite starting job aside Dane Jackson, assuming Trey White is out because we haven't seen him since late July when he was riding an exercise bike. Uh, I would guess he's at least going to miss the beginning of the season based on that. You know, so Benford's going to you've got to make the, you have to have a make the straws. You can't try and slip him onto the practice squad because Frank just point out Bill Sideline reporters noting that this is uh, he's caught the attention of other GMs. So you got to got to protect him. So that was uh, impressive play that definitely the cornerback position, as we've discussed ad nauseum since, you know, the beginning of the offseason. Still the biggest point of worry going into, the, you know, the beginning part of the season. You've got to face the Rams. You've got to face the Chiefs. And you might not have. um you might not have uh, Trey White in there. So a bit concerning, but also encouraging for the long term that you had two cornerbacks who seemed to be trained the right direction, especially Benford, who is not necessarily expected to even make the team, nonetheless be someone who gets significant snaps during the season. So that was a plus. 
wide receiver wise, again, it, it, the interesting thing to me was who was a healthy scratch, Isaiah McKenzie, who was not Jermaine Crowder. So that seems to me to indicate, okay, Isaiah, your spot is safe. Jermaine, what can you show us to, you know, demonstrate that you can be a good backup slot receiver for this squad? Uh, we also saw Shakir take some some snaps in the slot and on the outside. Uh, that a lot of people were thinking he would be exclusively a slot guy. So that was kind of of interesting. Keenum looked like trash. Uh, he, you know, behind second string linemen with second string and third string wide receivers. Not too worried about that development. Also, probably shaking off some rust. So I was okay with that. And then obviously we we have to talk about the last thing I'm going to mention uh, before we go to whomever is next. Uh, the punt god. You know, Matariza, yeah. uh, 82 yards. I'm sorry, Matt Hawk. You've actually done very well this preseason, but how, how do you top that? Only by human standards, unfortunately. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, and no missed kicks for Tyler Bass, which means that Ariza obviously was holding properly. So I feel that's about a thorough recap of a, a preseason game as I want to give. So I'll stop there. That was really quite thorough. Um, My question to you guys, and I had said this, like if you watch Ariza kick the ball, it's not like and maybe punters haven't done this in a while. Maybe I just don't know the mechanics very well. But like I always imagine the guy has the one foot planted. The other foot extends all the way through, you know, and the ball launches. And if you watch it, it's like this hop kick that like kind of he like kind of extends the leg from his knee, like but not really. And then it's gone. It's just it's like it's it's like he's got like a, a helium ball. Like he's just like it's made of. um like a super bouncy rubber ball. Like, it's the only thing. I did. It's just gone. And then, you know, I think somebody had pointed out like he had out, they were, somebody was trying to uh, nitpick and say like he had outkicked the coverage and they had said that, well, yeah, but he also like outkicked the returner and, you know, the guy had to turn around for 15 yards and chase the ball. So right. He got a 62 yard net out of, if you, if you right. have a 62 yard net is your average for the season, you have set the all time NFL record by about 18 yards. Someone had said that, like, if you had, if you, if you got a touchback on every punt from, and it might be like only from like, you know, negative territory or something, but like right. you would be the best punter. You would have the best punting season ever in the NFL mm-hmm. or something based on like some match. I'd have to look up that more, but I'm sort yeah, of I in on that. I'm like, if you could just always have him, uh, you know, start at the 20, that would be great. Uh, I would like to point out that OJ Howard played fourth quarter snaps, which a lot of people were worried about. I think I'm I'm not ready to read. I'm worried into that yet until he's, you know, not on the team or something because he is the backup tight end anyway, or the second tight end. We'll have to see. Um, but Scott, do you, do you have anything to add to Paul's stuff? Did you, I, I know you're in the UK probably was all over sky, uh, sky sport, <laughs> uh, bills, Colts um, preseason game one. But what were your takeaways from however you managed to glean this game? I don't hear you, Scott. He is on mute. I can see the little microphone. Uh, He is on mute. So I'm going to type in the box. Scott, we can't hear you. And I'm going to go ahead. Oh, there we go. And I'm going to. Yeah. Okay. So the. The sky coverage has decreased since Christian Wade no longer on the team. So that's a bummer. Um, the, because he's no longer on the team, right? That is correct. Yes. He is back in the, he is back in the UK teaching uh, rugby to uh, children in some city that I forgot, but I saw that on his Twitter Good. account. I'll have to look for him. That city 
Um, but uh, yeah, no, I think a couple thoughts. I mean, to me, the OJ Howard situation is not great. I mean, again, like when we're worried about the backup tight end position, we're, we're, we're searching for worries a bit. But yeah, the fact that like, I mean, but I'm not really worried about it because it sounds like Tommy Sweeney's playing really well. Um, I don't remember him popping a lot in this game, but it sounds like from the training camp reports that he's been playing well. So as long as we have a serviceable backup tight end, we, I mean, the fact that Howard didn't work out, like you're not going to make every move perfect. I mean, we did invest a little bit in that move, but I'm not, I'm not going to kill anybody for getting someone who had a lot of talent coming out of college. Um, And, and, you know, again, it's not over yet, but if you're asking me, am I worried about that that's going to work out? Yeah, I I think I am a little bit. Um, Other things. uh, Yeah. Benford was good. I liked the um, Spencer, the linebacker, something also with a B, maybe. Oh uh, yeah, was... Say, too many B names. Spence, because uh, because I think his first name starts with a T, which also has me confusing with Tyrell Dodson, who's the other backup linebacker. Slappy, Swampson, Swanson. Swanson? I have an article open. You think I could just look at this article and figure out who this is? Okay, we're gonna scroll down to linebacker. While you do that, Terrell Bernard. Terrell Bernard. Bernard, sorry. Um, so him, he looked good. Um, I clearly stuck out judging by how quickly I was able to recall his name. Um, I liked, um, I liked, we didn't get a lot of James cook. Um, yeah. you know, obviously it would have been great to see him like come out and get 150 yards out of the gate on like 20 snaps, <laughs> but, um, you know, okay. I, maybe if you lowered your expectations, that's fine too. Um, I did like that he could catch a swing pass and get five yards out of it. Because I feel like that is something that has not been in the offense for the last four years, basically. If we are going to throw a swing pass to Devin Singletary or Zach Moss, the you're going to get two yards at the most. They're and I will note Scott no longer has ball. that. I just say, I don't think you have your athletic subscription anymore because it points out this exact thing that uh, Devin Singletary's yards per route is one of the lowest in the league among running backs, whereas James Cook is someone who's the depth of his patterns and his ability to get out into space on these swing passes and other passes is, is good. Sorry to interrupt your point, but I had to do it before I forgot uh, that you hit that so perfectly. Absolutely. I'm smarter than the athletic. You should just be paying us <laughs> for this podcast. People. Um, but anyway, uh, the, yeah, so that was a nice, <laughs> excuse me. That was, it was good to see. Obviously we'll want to see more as, as things goes on, but I, I think him as like, a third down back, you know, provided he can figure out the protections would be nice. Um, yeah, I think obviously you're a little concerned about the line and the the, the quarterback um, backup. How do we feel about Keenan as the backup? I'm well. That I'm was okay a, with him, yeah. yeah, that was a really bad performance, though. It was. That was terrible. That was that, terrible. He's behind a backup line. He has second and third string skill players. <laughs> like they started none of their top skilled players yeah. and it's his first game in ages. Yes, he could be washed out at this point, but I don't know. I mean, when was the Minnesota miracle? Was that like or whatever yeah. it was called? That was just what, four years ago? I think he can't have regressed that much. Yeah, but that was I'm, all I'm also Diggs. okay with it. I'm also okay with it. I'm 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 not terribly concerned, but I, I feel like it's at we're at least raising the point. I mean it's not like the thing is like, you know, Barkley is probably you know, obviously was able to move the offense you know, much more kind of effectively. So I, you're not terribly concerned that maybe one of the two of them is working, but you can't actually like combine them two mediocre backups into one average backup. They actually, it doesn't, does not work like that. You can't consolidate. Mm. Um, 
Good so, reaction schedule I, I, for the future. I'm okay with it from the perspective <laughs> that I'm okay with it from the perspective that if like either one of them play more than two games this year, that's a real problem. <laughs> so, well, so yeah, as, like, with, as with all NFL teams, yes, right. Um, as starters, then, I hope that uh, I hope one of them plays 16 games as a backup or 17 games as a backup <clears> because we've have just uh, blown out our opponents by the third quarter of every game. Sure, and none of them are injured. None of them are injured. I mean, a new backup quarterback, right? Um, so the defensive line, I think, um, was okay. Um, obviously, you have Matt Ryan back there, who is not, um, you know, Cam Newton. Um, One or, might say statuesque. Yes. Well, he might be kind of Cam Newton now. I mean, have you <laughs> the last point, time I saw yes, Cam yes. Newton, he was not. He's not super super effective. Um, but yeah, so that that was um, so that that was good to see them get a little pressure. But it's still not. I mean, we didn't have some of the the A team in there. I got it. Um, but but we need. You know, Basham got the the force, which was nice. Um, you know, I think Mike Love is is a good player, and and frankly, I'm not. I know it's a numbers game when you get down to it at the end of the at the end of the training camp, but it'd be. I feel like he had some 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 flashes last year too in training camp. Yeah, he could make I, the 50 I, 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 spot over uh, Shaq. That that is plausible. Shaq is on a minimum contract, so if the Bills think Love is more of the the future depth guy behind. Uh, Epinesa, Rousseau, and Basham. Once Von Miller has moved on, it's it makes sense. Yeah, I, I think that could work. So I, I think um, I, I, you know, so yeah, it, it's it's good. You know, Hodgins had some nice catches at wide receiver. It's nice to see Shakir um, work well. Um, so yeah, I, I think you know it was a good 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 preseason training camp game. You learned some things, but you know, again, we got this is just the beginning of a long story. So right. Uh, two more preseason games to play, including Saturday against the Broncos, um, wherein they will Josh Allen will play, and we will see Russell Wilson, I suppose. Yeah, probably. I haven't heard he. We won't hear see him, but um, you know that that could be kind of fun to see uh, if you're going to the game. I don't know. Uh, just as a follow up, the NFL got rid of overtime in the preseason last year. Oh wow! So how, so how about that? Uh, yeah, because they canceled the 2020 preseason. Yeah. Uh, two hours, yeah. note from two hours ago, Russell Wilson won't play uh, versus Bills. Okay. Well, then maybe you'll get to see him on the sideline. You'll see him there still. He just won't be on the field. Yes. Well, he be, maybe he'll be cooking. See I, heard him. He like, I heard they like hit when he cooks. So. Oh, okay. But we'll That's just true. There's also a good chance that he could be um, very intensely taking mental reps and going through all of the calls and protections before the mm-hmm. field in a kind of like psychological game to get himself ready for a preseason game that he's not playing. That's true. I mean, only, only the, only the keenest minds from Wisconsin university can handle such a task, but, uh, you know, high amounts of them. prepare every minute. Right. Forward (laughs) together. Uh, no three stars for the the preseason because that would be insulting to Scott. Um, and and really all the people who've won stars before them, the Bills have cut uh, Elijah Griffin, Markel Lee, Tim Harris, Derek Kersetter or Kerstetter, uh, Jalen Weidermeyer, Jordan Simmons. Uh, that's a cornerback, linebacker, cornerback, offensive line, tight end and another offensive <laughs> lineman. Absolutely. No. I mean, hey, hey, there, there are other people to cut, but I, I don't know if I'd call any of them a surprise. Markel no, Lee, yeah. maybe? I wouldn't either. Yeah, Lee and Griffin, I think, were the two that were. Griffin played over half the snaps. 
Um, and he was what a sixth round pick last season. So he was a, he was a draft pick. Um, but I see, uh, he has now moved on to the giants and Brian Dable. So, uh, right. good for him. Uh, but we will no longer have the son of Warren Griffin, the third, AKA Warren G on, on the bills next year. Um, and yeah, Marquette Lee got some meaningful snaps with the team last year at linebacker when they had some injury depth. Um, but yeah, so those were, let's put it this way. And those are two most notable names. This is a, a pretty weak cut week and I'd expect it to be next week too. I think without, cause it cut from 85 to 80 this by next Tuesday. And then after that's the big one where we're going to, we're going to see some names. Yeah. I, I think the only, I'd say like, sure. Those guys are, are, are known quantities, but when you look at the list of linebackers and corners, you're, I, I don't think you can really make an argument that like somebody else should have gone first. I think that's, no maybe what I feel there. The, and then the only surprise, not even would be a surprise, but like Matt, Matt Hawk might be the only guy who gets let go next week as sort of like a classy veteran, go ahead and get caught on with another team. Kind, like yeah. He's maybe got that kind of level of, of cachet where they, he's not going to make the team. So, and they don't really need a second punter. So they keep him out there um, or don't keep yeah, him out I th- there. I think anyway. they mentioned they cut Steven Hauschka on August 27th. So he might be right, but right after that second round of mm-hmm. cuts, they're like, okay, yeah. Matt, uh, good luck. Right. Um, yeah. So that, that's the cuts. Scott, any thoughts on the cuts or. No. Okay. I didn't think you, I, I didn't think so. We have one listener question, which I have pulled up from Twitter. Um, it's from Mark here for the bills at here for the bills. Um, the bills seem to be really deep at every position. If you had to pick one area needing depth, what would it be? Um, would any of you sign a wide receiver named Odell Beckham Jr.? As, as that's my that's my yeah. that's my added question to Mark's yeah. question because that's not Mark's question, but it certainly it certainly seems to be Von Miller's question from what I've seen. <laughs> he seems to be mentioning that a lot. Um, like we're just going to get the band back together and and win a Super Bowl over here now. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I think you can always use offensive line depth personally, especially maybe after I saw the second line uh, block mm-hmm. for Case Keenum. I, uh, I I don't feel confident, confident in cornerback, but I'm really sort of happy that they seem uh, happy with Beneford. He seems like he's learning stuff. And I, I think the rest of the team, I don't know. You could always use another wide receiver, I guess. I just would wonder who you would be, who would you would be getting rid of. Uh, if you signed OBJ, um, I guess it would be McKenzie, probably, or or Crowder, uh, right? I think you'd probably get rid of Crowder before McKenzie. Right. right. But, I mean, it, well, I guess not get rid of, like, but it takes stuff away from McKenzie in that point, right? I feel like yeah, McKenzie might come so away. Yeah. Right. McKenzie might come away winning this competition clean against Crowder. We'll have to see. But, you know, if you bring in OBJ, like, that's just sort of the end of McKenzie as, like, a, a, a top piece. Which, if that's what it takes to win the Super Bowl, then I, I, I love you, but tough shit. Um, Scott, w- why don't we start with you? Uh, you know, where do you want to be uh, yeah. deeper? And <clears throat> give us OBJ thoughts. So I assume that there is not another Josh Allen who is available. Because I think a backup no. Josh Allen would be good to have. Okay. No. So assuming <laughs> that there is not, in fact, any other all-pro quarterbacks who are available. Um, for another, for more depth at quarterback. Um, well, Colin Kaepernick. I, think, I feel like we should raise Colin Kaepernick. <laughs> oh, oh, who controversial? Well, 
I mean, it's, he's been out of the league for eight years, but but I'm sure he hasn't aged a day because every every two minutes, I you know. Anyway, go ahead. Sorry. Um, I I agree. The offensive line, I think, is a. I mean, it, it's it's tough because you don't. Really, I don't really know anything about our offensive line or defensive line at this point. Like, I know we not we got some of the characters back from both lines last year, but we also have a lot of new guys. So the new guys work out, then we're actually okay on depth in both positions, but. Given that we don't actually know that that will, then you, you always kind of want more depth. Um, to me, I, I think if I had to put something on it, I mean, I don't think we need depth at running back. I think we need one really good running back. And again, we don't have, we have three mediocre running backs, it seems like, but maybe Cook will change that. Um, honestly, I think my, my, my kind of shadow choice is, is, uh, is I'll say linebacker. Cause I feel like it's, Edmonds and Milano got it. Like, and we've all talked about Edmonds before. Like, it's not right. not perfect, but at least he's he's serviceable starter. But after that, I mean, um, you know, we have who's Von Miller. I just forgot about Von Miller, linebacker. He, I, are, we, are we calling him a linebacker? He's listed like he's as a, a linebacker, but you're right. He's a he's a he's, he's yeah, a edge rush. Yeah. Edge. They okay. run a four three, so yeah. I'll call we'll call him a defensive end. Okay. Yeah, I mean, we really we run a four two. Um, I mean, we oh, run yeah, because you got a four two five with Toronto there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But and so that's that's my concern is I feel like not that um, Dodson or is Matikavich still there? Matikavich yeah, is still on there. Yeah, Andre yeah. Smith. <laughs> Andre Smith, who yeah. I believe, is suspended for six games, so we won't see him for a bit. Yeah. We got Bale Inspector, Andre Smith. Skipping Von Miller, Matt Milano, Tyler Matakavich, Joe Giles Harris, Tremaine Edmonds, Tyler Dodson, and Terrell Bernard. So maybe you're right. Maybe so I was maybe. thinking Balin. I was thinking Balin Spector. That's what I was talking about. Okay. He was the guy who had nine tackles and, and a sack, I think. Um so maybe he's coming on and maybe he'll he'll be that. But I feel like um the I feel like if we we rely a lot on Edmonds and Milano to do a lot for us. And it's covering the tight ends. Um, cause usually the safeties are kind of playing deep, um, mm-hmm. and the, the defensive line is not great. So we have to manufacture pressure a lot and the, and Edmonds and Milano are expected to do that. So that is kind of where I would say that I'm actually probably the most concerned about Dutch. That's now, a really good point. I like yeah. that point. Good analysis. I will also take the road less travelers position Scott touched upon, but I'll say, I'll say it's that that defensive tackle position. We all talk about Ed Oliver and I've even kind of read, Oh yeah. Well, they've got uh, Daquan Jones. They've got Tim settle. Now um, they have, uh, they've got a, a carryover guy from last year. I can't think of um, as well. And so people are like, Oh yeah, this is an upgrade over last year. I'm like, but, but is it, I, I mean, Harrison Phillips had a pretty good year last year to, to stand out, even though star little Lele didn't work out. He was your depth guy behind Harrison Phillips. That's a pretty good depth guy. To, to have right there. Yeah, you, you had uh, uh, the guy who just got cut by another team. They had uh, Quentin Butler, uh, who, Vernon mm-hmm. Butler, but Vernon Butler. Not, yeah, Vernon Butler was not all that good. But are we assuming that these guys who none of us really have great familiarity with are in fact better? Or are we going to see some issues where they, you know, the Bills had less of last year? It was really only the elite backs that beat them uh, last year. The, uh, Oh man, Derek Henry. Scott's gonna kill me. Derrick Henry, and then the guy for the Colts, whose name I always forget. Oh, uh, 
But those Jonathan, are the two. Jonathan Taylor? Jonathan, is it Jonathan? No, I have Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, what Jonathan is it? Is it Jonathan? Okay, all right. Yeah, Jonathan, Jonathan Taylor, Taylor Thomas. Right. Yes, that's right, because I always want to call him Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Wisconsin running back. Yes. Yeah. Heisman finalist. Yes, that's Number why I, I knew Scott would be upset okay. with me for not remembering the name. Frank remembered the name, yeah. and I didn't even recognize it when he said it. Um, so, yeah, Jonathan Taylor, not Thomas. But otherwise, they were pretty good against the, the run last year. But could those problems creep in? Because, you know, there are some question marks on. They might not try and pass a lot, especially after Trey White comes back and the Bills having a pass rush now. Could be more susceptible to that that run game. Um, and that could be a bit of an issue. So I'd say the defensive tackle depth kind of stands out for me as an area where I'm not 100% sold that they've got that solved. Okay. Neither one of you tackled the... Uh, Odell Beckham Jr. question. So, and oh, I'm yeah, not sorry. Gonna, no, you, no, no, you don't get to now. Nope, you All don't right. get to. You'll have to wait till next time to hear what they might possibly have thought <laughs> about Odell. Jr. because it's all conjecture anyway we are uh doing very well on time so that's the death knell it's about to change yep yeah because it's this day in bill's headlines you know what we didn't prep deshaun watchin let's save deshaun watchin he'll still be suspended in a week um he will not play against the bills now either i think is the only real sort of big news um there but you know maybe next week or something we're maybe as we get to the browns game it'll be a good time to talk about him but I'm, I, I was thinking about it but let's let's just skip it uh and get to the dessert because uh my daughter has um been thrilled with how much ice cream and treats we've had all all summer and now it's getting back to school and like the schedule's getting more regular and like the regular foods coming back in um but, you know, we're having one big Dairy Queen before before Monday when she goes back. So in that spirit, let us get to the good stuff this day in Bill's headlines and wacky schedule, um, which is just the dessert of our of our show, as far as I'm concerned, especially over the summer. So let's do those. And then uh, we'll chat about the Broncos. Yeah. Uh, and I hope I, I haven't I haven't got my invite for Dairy Queen yet, Frank. Oh, but I expect well, that's you're in the good. mail. So, yeah. I- Quickly, I, since it's the summer, I almost invited you to Monday Night Raw the other night, but I decided that <laughs> wasn't going to go. Um, but AEW is coming in October, so we're going to have to talk about that. Oh, yeah. We 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 went to the first show in D.C. They're doing shows. two shows, uh, Wednesday and Friday. So yeah. we'll have Punk to talk had about that. that great uh, promo uh, putting down Moxley the other day as well. Um, that's That, that was that Punk Moxley thing's pretty good, but we'll have to save that for our other podcast right. because – we know how Scott feels about CM Punk. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. This day in Bill's headlines. We're going to pretend it's still August 17th when I originally uh, drafted this, but uh, one of us forgot we were potting that day. Um, that so. <laughs> I <laughs> failed. I'm the failure. It's me. <laughs> so August 17th uh, is the 17-year anniversary of when I moved to Washington, D.C. Uh, but in 2021, uh, the headline is, How blank has been a bright light for the Bill's defense since his return? Some of why he didn't play in that ball game is some of the good things we've seen in practice, Leslie Frazier said Monday. He's had a really good camp. We were all wondering what it would be like when we got him back. And boy, he's been a bright light for us in a lot of ways. Uh, then the player said, I'm trying to get my legs back under me as far as running around, you know, for those six, seven, eight second plays. You really can't simulate football. So just gain the opportunity to be back into it and get my legs under me uh, and stuff like that. So this would have been a player that they were missing at the end of 2020. Maybe. So I'm going to stay. I'm going to take the obvious one. I'll, try, I'll start with start Latulale. You got it. Not just the yeah, end okay. of 2020. Right. The all of 2020. 2020. Yeah. Yeah. I was getting my hint was going to be that it had nothing to do with uh, injury. Uh, right. Why he did not play. Um, 
All right, 2020, Bill's leaning on blanks, dynamic return skills once again. Mm. Well, while some players start to decline as they get older, Blank, 32, has done the opposite. He still manages to perform at a high level each season, something Bill's special teams coordinator, Heath Farwell, is amazed by. I bet Scott knows this one. It's the return guy that we had, and then we said we don't need a return specialist. And he, we were, like, surprised he never had a kick or punt return touchdown. Yep. And then he immediately had one last year, right after he yeah. left the team. But he was still the t- he still made two Pro Bowls with the Bills. Uh, what was his name? Team. Was his name Andre Roberts? Uh, it was Andre Robert. Roberts. Andre the Giant Roberts. Nice. Yeah. That'd right. be a great mashup of a wrestler, Jake the Snake and Andre. As I look down this list, we can do mashups of several wrestlers here. Um, but we'll we'll get to that in a moment. <laughs> Hulk Luger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, 2019, easy one. Uh, Buffalo Bills Blank is at it again. He's done it again. Former rugby star Blank lights it up with another <laughs> sensation play. <laughs> There we go. Christian Cage Wade Barrett is the correct answer uh, (laughs) on this one. All right. 2018. Bill's center blank aims to replace franchise cornerstone. Blank chose Buffalo over a five-year contract off with minimal guarantees to remain with the Bengals, citing the Bill's fervent fan base and upward trajectory as evidenced by their playoff berth last season. Well, note he was named the the the, mm. the follow up to this is he was named the backup center to start the 2018 season behind Ryan Groy. He took over the starting role in week three following struggles from Groy. He then started the next 10 games before suffering a broken fibula in week 13. To help Scott out. This is a North Carolina 2014 round four pick by Cincinnati. Trey Teague. Yep, little past the Teague era. Yeah. The other hint is on August 30th, 2019, he was traded to the New England Patriots for a sixth round pick. He was released by the Patriots on September 6th, 2019. He's not played in the NFL since. This pick for you curious Bills fans has turned into Isaiah Hodgins. So the Bills oh. have done fairly well on this. This trade. From a guy who doesn't play to Yeah, Isaiah from a guy who never played again after they traded him. <clears throat> to, this, uh, is, uh, this is bothering me, but it's just like, yeah, before Morse. Um, yep. The guy between so, uh, Wood and Morse, who, who's shared time with Groy for. Yeah. Or... yeah, I don't think I All right. It. Well, you guys yeah. have tapped out to use the wrestling. Yeah. Yes. It's going to be Russell Bodine. Mm. Or Bodine, Russell however Bodine. it's pronounced. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. All right. Sorry. 20. That's all right. You got the first three, so we're doing okay. Uh, 2017. NFL.com proposes Buffalo Bills trade blank to Kansas City Chiefs. Handpicked by Rex Ryan, blank was identified as an ideal fit for the ex-Buffalo coach's 3-4 scheme. In Sean McDermott's 4-3 operation, though, the hard-hitting Alabama star has failed to click. Reggie Reggie Ragland. And what's hilarious about this headline? Uh, Brandon Mead obviously read the article because 11 days later, he traded Reggie Ragland to Kansas City. City. Um, All right. 2014, this is one of those names you'll you'll know when you hear it. I don't know if you'll get it beforehand, but we'll give it a shot. Okay. Blank could be in danger of not making Bill's final roster. To put it lightly, Blank hasn't been having a strong preseason after receiving a three-year contract with a 3.3, excuse me, with a $3.1 million signing bonus after the 2013 mm. season. Blank reported to camp out of shape and failed conditioning tests, his Ooh. conditioning tests. Since he hasn't yes. gotten to play with first or even second team defense much at all, and he's been stuck on the third team and not making enough plays move up the depth chart. Oh, what is this? I remember this story. 
It worked out well for him. Well, six days later, he got a DUI. The next day, the Bills cut him. Then he signed with the Patriots in October, where he remained for four seasons, winning two Super Bowls and being an every game starter for for two of those seasons, including their in their Super Bowl win over Atlanta. So, all right. You know what? I I don't remember who this is because I realized I was thinking of Albert Hainsworth, who did uh, that, who did basically that with Washington. Yes, he did that, except they think he even had a bigger signing bonus at an earlier (laughs) time. But then he showed up out of shape and then it wasn't a DUI, but he also got into legal trouble, I believe. Yep. Okay. Hmm. All right, Scott, I'll give you the quick hint. Uh, Round two pick out of Michigan by the Arizona Cardinals. In 2007. Michigan front seven player. Yeah, this, oh, not Rashawn, no, no, who's there? This is where you don't want your cat to get stuck. In the litter, in... Oh, yeah, I don't want to get cats stuck. I don't want my cat stuck anywhere. Only one involves a fireman. (laughs) A tree. tree. The tree, okay. Right, specifically what part of the tree? The limb. Yes. Branch. Oh, there we go. All right. 2013. Bill's Mike blank. Leaf. Yeah. Yes. Like <laughs> <laughs> they did have Bill's did have a Leaf Larson or something out of Iceland like 30 years ago. Um, nice. That's another story. He All sailed right. there. That's right. I remember he sailed on the big ship. And uh, yes, like Erickson Larson. All right. Uh, Bill's blank may have lost job. This is 2013. Blank said, it obviously started slow. It took a little while for the game to come to uh, to come to me there, but I'm happy with the way it finished. Felt like it got a little bit more of a groove. We got a little bit of a groove. Um, if this was a heavyweight fight, though, and Doug Marone was the ref, I think he'd stop the fight now and name E.J. Manuel the winner. Okay, so it would be the other quarterback. Yep. Um, <laughs> who, who, who has the ignominious? I lost. Yeah. I lost out to E.J. Manuel. <laughs> Uh, well, let's go down the list. Thad Lewis, Jeff Toole. By the way, those are the other two quarterbacks who played for the Bills in 2013, Thad Lewis and Jeff Toole, but neither is correct not on this. this. guy. Yeah. Matt Ryan. Not Matt Ryan. What was his name? Uh, yeah, Matt Flynn. Matt, Matt Flynn. Flynn? That's a, that he was actually signed with the Bills in 2013, but never played. Flynn Ryder. God damn it. <laughs> so you've literally named everyone but the guy, and I'll give the hint. Uh, this hint will seal it for you. This was a veteran. Uh, and one week later, after this headline, he suffered his third concussion, and he never played again in the NFL. Oh, Kyle Orton. What's that, Scott? What's, what's in, you, you, Frank said Kyle Orton? Yeah, yeah, but that's not it. This guy, Kyle Orton, came a year later. Is it, actually, is it Hasselbeck? Oh, no, uh, no. no Kevin, Hasselbeck's? Cobb. Kevin Cobb. Frank gets Kevin Cobb. Yeah, it was, in, it was in that vein of guys. So you guys guys. are... You guys are that jumping out of future case Keenum, if you will. Yes. There was that terrible article about like how awful his life was after he had that. Oh yeah. Like, concussion. Yeah, yeah. It really messed him up. Yeah, that was a really yeah. bad concussion. For years. Yeah. Laughing, years, but, like, years his now. life really was brutal after that. Okay. Or is. Hopefully he's yes. better now. Hopefully he is. I hope so too. So shout out to you, Kevin Cobb. Hope you're you're feeling much better than you were in the years after the, the concussion. Um two thousand six, more obscure quarterbacks. Uh blank works in the glare of a spotlight. Uh, for the offense to gel around one of the three quarterbacks in the hunt for the starter's job, Lee Evans would like to see a decision soon. Evans was complimentary of blank as well. I've seen what he can do, Evans said, but JP made the step up. He is making good reads, making good throws. If that who's they decide to go with, then that is what they you know have to go with. 
This was a guy who played at LSU Northwestern State. He was a fifth-round pick of the Packers in 2002. He was the Bills' third stringer for two seasons, but never got in a game. He did play sparingly with the Packers in seven games, but never started any. Hmm. No, not it's not. Yeah, two and two together. Yeah, it's another name you'll know. Uh, but but it will probably if it didn't come to mind already, I'm just going to give you the answer, which is Craig okay. Nall. Idris. Craig. Craig Nall. You're going to say Idris Elba because he was. He, I think. Yeah, he was. I was. Yeah. I was. <laughs> All right. Probably, I mean, he, I think he could have broken away from the DJ circuit for a little bit there in that early two thousands. <laughs> we haven't had a good play, British so. person reference since Christian Wade earlier in the segment, so we were overdue. It's been a whole like three minutes, yeah. All right, this is another potentially tough one, but you guys might know this as All right, well. We got a chance here. Come on. All right, two thousand one, rookie blank makes return. Outfitted with a brace on his left knee, rookie linebacker blank returned to the practice field yesterday. The hard hitting. Fourth round pick from North Carolina sprained his MCL early in rookie camp three weeks ago. You guys are mulling this over. I will give the note that he is one of the Bills' ultimate flashes in the pan. He was supposed to back up middle linebacker Sam Cowart, uh, the returning Pro Bowl and defensive centerpiece uh, for a unit that in 2000 allowed the fourth fewest yards per play. But Cowart tore his, ace, his Achilles uh, on opening day. This guy stepped in, started 14 games, was the team's second best run defender. Uh, made seven tackles for losses and returned two interceptions for touchdowns. However, uh, that was his only season in the league. He, uh, um, you know, spent 2002 on injured reserve with the torn right biceps, uh, was cut in 2003, signed with the Rams in 04, but tore his hamstring, and that was that. Man, I'll be honest. I mean, 2001 and two is a hard year for me to remember Yeah, that's here. a three and 13 year. That was not a yeah. good following the, the team. I remember I this like guy. Holy? Think of, think of a uh, uh, an eating implement. Sure. Think of the other yeah. eating implement. Spork. <laughs> it is. Uh, it is Brandon Spoon. Brandon Spoon. As I said, Spoon. The word Brandon was coming into my head, but right. I wasn't going to guess that. So. All right. This is. You know what? I'm going to skip 1995 because it's impossible. Were you guys ever going to guess Rick Strom? Oh, my God, he's my favorite. Yeah, okay, Rick Strom was the answer in 1995. <laughs> All right, so we'll go right to the last one, 1985. Uh, the headliner here. Uh, I'm more confident in Frank on this one. We'll see how this goes. Okay, we'll see. 1985, former Bengals among Bills cuts. The Buffalo Bills Friday cut a pair of former Cincinnati Bengals, defensive back Ray Griffin, and linebacker Blank. So Griffin is the brother of two-time Heisman Trophy winner Archie Griffin. He played seven seasons at safety with the Bengals and became a free agent at the end of the last season. He has 11 career interceptions, including the last two seasons. Blank was a rookie with the Bengals last year and was waived after the season ended. So Frank is probably thinking, how the hell am I going to know this guy? So I'm just going to yes. read from the some of his Wikipedia page. Blank, okay. uh, born May 22nd, 1962, uh, died October 5th, 1997 was an American professional wrestler and professional football player. God damn it. Best known for his appearances in World Championship Wrestling Extreme. Brian Champions. Pillman! Brian Pillman! Flying. Yes, because his kid Brian is in Pillman. AEW, Brian Pillman Jr. All right. I was going to go through this whole Hollywood Blonde thing with his tag team partner, uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin. That's right. Uh, stunning Steve Austin. Medicine. Yes, he was stunning Steve back in WCW. Very good. Right. Uh, very, very good, Frank. So, yeah, uh, it was this day. 27 years ago, the Bills uh, released the late, great 
loose cannon, flying Brian Pillman. There you go. That's it. Excuse me. Another excellent uh, This Day in Bill's Headlines. Thank you so much for that. And I appreciate you guys moving the podcast to today, which is why it's a few days off. But um, that is Paul did an excellent right. job and he should not be made to suffer for my bullshit. No, once um, I found Brian Pillman in headlines, I'm like, well, we're running with like, this. I don't care if we podcast with this to the end. Right. Yeah, if you're on podcast again until May, I'm still sticking with this. <laughs> uh, it is time now to move to our other big segment, the wacky schedule. Uh, which is which is Scott's deal uh, in the off season, and we are we did the first quarter last year or last pod, and uh, now it's time for the next set of games, and uh, and I'm 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 scared and delighted per usual. So take it away. All right, uh, I will try and go through the, the 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 intros quickly so we can get to the discussion. First game I have listed as home versus Pittsburgh, but who knows what that means. Um, you're However, actually correct. It is home versus game, Pittsburgh. Well done. All right. Well, this is once, once every so often. Um, instead of a football game, this is, in fact, both teams are instructed that in order to win the game in the standings, they must attempt to steal the girl with the pearl earring from the Marist Huys uh, Art Museum in The Hague, uh, the Netherlands, um, and they must steal it within one week. And so we need a full Ocean's Eleven-style heist orchestrated both by the Bills and uh, Steelers um, to be executed over the course of the week. Um, a, who, who ends up with the uh, art piece uh, if it's not the museum? Uh, I, I think we'd probably take the museum as the field in this, this case, but I feel like you need to give me the most likely winner in this in this. Okay. So we're acknowledging that it would be most likely that neither team could actually pull this off, but but who yes, would get but the let's closest? entertain the yeah, let's entertain the fun idea that Josh Allen attempts to kind of like casually like have to like George Clooney his way into this thing. Yeah, I I I mean I will say that based solely on that type of movie, um, I know the Bills much better than I know the Steelers. And they're mm-hmm. thoroughly charismatic, so I believe they could talk themselves into lots of places. Um, so I'm just going to sort of, um, perhaps for the fun of things, I should imagine some of like how they would, you know, do like, um, you know, Dwight's thing from the office where he's like, "I steal the chandelier. I meet the woman. Her name's Tiffany. We make love under the tap." Anyway, you should look that up. Um, I'm not going to redo the whole thing because I can't remember it. I feel bad, Scott, because that's a great question. And I and I'm struggling other than to say, I believe the Bills have the charisma to figure out how to penetration test um, this museum better than the Steelers. And I could be entirely wrong about that, but I know nothing about the Steelers other than they don't have Ben Roethlisberger. They do have Kenny Pickett and they do have um, Mike Tomlin, who. Really good coach. Doesn't have a losing season yet, but uh, I don't know what kind but of defense. You got, bitch, you got, you got, the problem is the Steelers have former Bill Mitch Trubisky. Yeah. He knows all of our tactics on how we would steal art museums. And they have TJ Watt. <laughs> noted, Was that noted, covered? Noted Was that covered in, in training camp last year? I mean, I don't know what Sean McDermott, Sean McDermott's a professional. You have to prepare every week 
Like anything could happen. How do I know that that's not in the training game? I don't know. And the Steelers tackle, right tackle, uh, as we should all know, is Joe Haig. So he knows his way around the city, at least. Mm, yeah. Which, by the way, I was in The Hague for three days, four years ago, and I never realized Girl with the Pearl Earring was in The Hague. Never stopped by that museum in my three days in The Hague. Well, it's not anymore because Josh Allen stole it and replaced it with an exact copy. Yeah, this is a... Uh, your thoughts? Yeah, this is a this is a tough one. I'm struggling to come up with original ideas, and I don't want to vamp uh, too long about it. Uh, there was a movie uh, that I remember watching on this with my ex-girlfriend literally 19 years ago now at a small theater in Buffalo. I am vamping now. I will say I like Frank's assertion on the, uh, you know, the Bills able to kind of suavely go in and get this. I think the Steelers, I don't know, I think the Steelers aren't as suave as the bills but they can be very covert they sneaked into buffalo and stole a win last year why not be able to sneak into an art museum mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and steal girl with pearl earrings so i'm going to say i'm going to say the Steelers. pause pause correct they All are right. in fact the pittsburgh dealers oh Steelers theft Steelers. man it was right there it, it was, was right there all along <laughs> <laughs> i'm hard. looking right at it this is so dumb. <laughs> I mean, when we start off uh, wacky schedule with a pun, and the pun is yeah. the correct answer, we're yeah. uh, we're we're cooking with fire today, guys. Yeah. This... <laughs> Don't leave the this kids with Scott podcast. tonight, guys, because he's he's in. Anyway. Um. All right. Game. Game. Game two. Quarter two. At the Chiefs. Um. So this is a normal NFL football game. Uh, big game, obviously. The Chiefs, the grudge match, Super Bowl on the line. Who's to say? Um, rematch, the famous, the 13 seconds. We'll all remember. I think we may remember this one, too. As this game is 100% normal in all ways, except for the fact that the NFL-style sidelines, as everyone remembers, are six feet wide. So there's grass, there's the sideline begins, and then there's six feet of white paint. Immediately beyond that white paint, there is now a hundred foot ditch that is six feet wide. And so now if you are running out of bounds, you must stop and get down or you are going into that ditch and you are not getting out. Not, not in this game. All right. Probably not ever. Yeah. (laughs) Probably not ever. You may not. Yeah. It's going to be real tough for you to survive that hundred foot drop. Uh, that we will allow normal substitutions. There'll be kind of uh, implements wheeled into position, kind of bridge, moat, drawbridge type equipment will be, you know, okay. allowed so that, you know, there can be the usual NFL style rotations. Um, but yes, you would want to make sure that you're very ke- careful on all of your out routes, on all of your sideline patterns, the running backs as they had out of bounds. Um, just a lot of, uh, just a lot of, it's just a little extra danger. This is a real grudge match. So we'll start with Paul on this one. How does yeah, this I, affect the game and who, who ends up winning? I think I have one logistical question, which is I'm hoping, and maybe you can confirm for this, that the uh, teams are standing behind the goalposts in the end zones because otherwise um, the substitutes are going to try and run to this game and just run into the big ditch. And then you're not going to be able to replace any players at any point in the game. So I'm that's, hoping- yeah, that's what I mean. So there's, 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 there's like drawbridges that are oh, like okay. raised and lowered. Got it. From the sidelines over these trenches that allow right, normal these substitution Temple of Doom style trenches. Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. Then raised during the game so that you can't get your, your AI to lock your QB. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, there goes so much for the running QBs in this game. Uh, I can't imagine uh, quarterbacks scrambling towards the sideline, but they also want to run in the middle of the field all the time because they're going to get you're going to want to slide. Yeah. As you head out of bounds. Be sliding yeah. galore. So last that time. It takes they, a big advantage away. Definitely. Last time the Bills played a, a night game in Kansas City, we saw the Josh Allen hurdle over a Chiefs player on third down. I think that's done because, uh, you know, can't afford to cause any any injuries uh, for this. So, yeah, you got the big ditch. Um, so Kansas City, this is their home field, but I feel like they're going to be adjusting to this, too. So I don't think the home field advantage is going to be, you know, uh, that important uh, for this game. Although uh, the Roaring Chiefs fan, whenever Bills player falls into the pit, will be uh, very, very disconcerting. Uh, the gladiator style, uh, you know, system that we have going on here. If, if you're a Chiefs fan, you're gonna you're gonna do like the college basketball players, you know, like the college basketball fans. Like if a Bills Bills players like kind of like edging backwards towards the dit towards the ditch. Like you're gonna like ah uh, uh, and then you're, as you're the Bills, you're gonna be like, oh shit, I'm, I'm too close. <laughs> But you're not actually that close. That's just the, the fans trying to get in your head that you're right. too close to the death ditch. Yeah. Ah, so that is a good home field advantage. Mm. That's a good mind game that the, the Chiefs fans can can play here with the teams. Um, so I think I I was going to have to initially give this to the Bills until I remembered Tyreek Hill is with the Dolphins now. Because the way Tyreek Hill runs patterns, mm-hmm. surely he was going to run into this pit at some point in time. Um, and you know what? I think I am still going to pick the Bills because Travis Kelsey also will do some of those sideline patterns and get knocked out. Diggs doesn't. Diggs runs sideline patterns, but he does a lot toward the middle of the field. Isaiah McKenzie. Um, Gabe Davis I, is ending up in the pit. Gabe right. Davis is ending up in the pit. That's, yeah, that's Gabe is in the pit. They're going to lose gonna game. There's no doubt. You're addressing seven Sorry, wide Gabe. receivers this game. There's no doubt about it. You're going to address <laughs> your seven wide receivers. Offensive linemen, you can just dress fewer linemen because you need all the wide receivers yeah. you can get for this game. Uh, same with running backs. If you're, I don't care if we have Taiwan Jones in at the end, uh, TJ Yeldon style, uh, we'll just do it. Uh, I'm going to say because the bills, offensive players, you know, play the middle of the field more, except for Davis. And even the chiefs who have a guy like Kelsey who plays middle of the field a lot, he still works on that perimeter a ton. So I'm going to say the bills win this because, uh, uh, this battle of attrition. And I think it's going to be going to be ugly. I think we're going to have some tentative offense going on in this game i think it's going to be like a 20 to 18 sort of win okay let me see okay hold on frank's doing the important research to give the actual answer to this question nope i was finishing a bite of chicken wing as i was taking into your uh wonderful thing i think you're mostly right paul i also agree the bills will win i think it's for a slightly different reason and i have a prediction about the 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 key play of the game um with the sidelines being so precarious, I think defenses will be focused on the middle of the field. It'll be harder to do anything over the middle of the field, and the sideline will be open. And I look at guys like Stefan Diggs, who I feel like his footwork is immaculate. If there's a guy that I sort of trust to play that sideline game and be brave enough to do it, it's Diggs. And I think he's going to be the secret weapon. I think he's going to be able to sort of excuse me, um, really go ahead and take advantage of cowardly cornerbacks who are afraid to play with him. And I think he'll be able to open up the sideline game, which will be important, which then opens up the middle of the field and gives the Bills the chance. Unfortunately, 
in the close game in the fourth quarter, one of the cornerbacks for the Chiefs going to get a little angry as Diggs uh, makes the catch and steps out of bounds, and he's going to shove him, and he's going to push Diggs right down the hole. Uh, it's going to be uh, uh, it, it, it was unfortunate for the Chiefs in some ways because uh, you know it was a it was a, a third and seventeen, uh, and Diggs stepped out at the f- fifteen yards down the field with two to go. That's fifteen yards, you know, potentially killing a player. Uh, so they're going to be mad. It's going to be like a late push towards the sideline. I think a lot of Chiefs fans are going to be sort of upset about the call, but it's going to happen. Uh, you're not going to have digs for the rest of the game, but there won't be much game left, and that's when the Bills will go ahead and put the put the game away. Um, I think it's actually going to be an overtime victory. I think the 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 Bills the Josh Allen rule will come into effect, and um, mm-hmm. the, the Bills will you know avenge last year's playoff loss to the Chiefs. Uh, in a stunning fashion. And then hopefully that we'll be able to recover digs before the next week. Yeah, it is. Uh, it is. Uh, yeah. I did. I neglected to mention that in fact, yes, there would be, uh, there would be a kind of, if, if there was any of that kind of after the play shenanigans, then obviously the result would end up with your player being then thrown into the pit in addition Even better. to 15 yard. Yeah, Even yeah better. exactly. So that's, that's a really tough. That's a really tough for the home fans to see. What are their own players thrown into Captain. the ditch by the referees? Walk that's, the that's plank, even tough to yeah, walk maybe. away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but yes, I, I think this was a Bills win. I think I think it's a bit higher scoring though, because I think as much as the yeah the wide receivers are going to be concerned, but they know what as as they always say in the snow games, the wide receivers know where they're going. The cornerbacks don't know where they're going. I think you're going to have to see a lot of zone defense because the cornerbacks are not going to want to play man. They're going to be running around. They're not going to know when they're going to end up on the field. They want to keep their eyes in front of them. And I think that's going to open up a lot of man-to-man room or a lot of uh, a lot of uh, pockets for the Bills receivers to to open. And I think uh, I think I like the Bills in this game as well. Um, all right, um, moving on to the Packers game, 31 October, Halloween. Um, have either of you two gentlemen seen the um, Alfred Hitchcock movie Rope? Oh yes, yes. I'm not seeing rope. No. Alfred, yeah, good old, good old Hitchcock movie. Is that that was the one that was it done, is, I believe, in one continue. It was uh, filmed as if it were one continuous shot, even though they did have to make cuts at various points. But this is that was yes. one of the innovations of the classic Hitchcock film. Hmm. If it's a horror movie, a rip- I have seen it. You know that is that is what's to remember okay. here. Absolutely, it is. Uh, it is originally a stage play and very much shot uh, kind of in that in that sense. Um, and uh, Frank, I'll, I'll let you uh, let you in on, on how it plays out here. So uh, on this is, of course, a Sunday night football game, um, <laughs> kind of tired with Chris Collinsworth's uh, excessive yapping, um, including about Tom Brady um, in the lead up to the game, because Tom Brady did something even though he's not even playing and they're going to the Bills uh, Packers game. He still feels like he's talking about Tom Brady too much and right. it ends up basically with uh Tom, with uh both Aaron Rodgers and Josh Allen agreeing after one of their media interviews with Collinsworth to kill him and then stuff his body into the Sunday night football bus right okay and then they have to go play the game hmm no one so knows they're dealing with this. the they're dealing with the yes. psychological fallout of having committed murder yes. okay Yes, because 
I want you to know I am going to track this movie down now and watch it because that sounds okay. perfect. Okay. Um, it's, it's a crime. Of, it's a bit of a crime. It's a bit of a ca- in, the, in the movie. It's a bit of a calculation. Um, yeah. But uh, I think in this it's more of a crime of passion. They just they just snap and it's just kind of like they just kill him. And then they're like, all right, well, now we just got to hide the body and go play the game. Right. And yeah, they're obviously can't stop the football game. Right. Because just because well, Chris Collinsworth is missing, you, you're gonna have to keep playing. Like he, it's, it's not like a, one of them, just, Scott. It's not like one of them was caught smoking weed or gambling <laughs> on a football game or taking a the, the anthem or something. No, this is just murder. It's just murder. Yeah. We'll deal with it next week. They can both be suspended for a game and a half, and <laughs> seems very reasonable for me uh, from the NFL. It's a heavy fine and some community service position right yeah and and both coaches would say something like this is something we're trying this is an adversity we're trying to work through uh as opposed to trying to handle it in-house somebody's gonna try and handle this one in-house right and it's us against the world now because everybody's mad at my murderous quarterback um (laughs) yeah well let's see you got aaron Rodgers. who can who yeah who's who's the who's the stone cold killer and who, yeah. can, who can continue to play this game without the? It's a bit of telltale heart too, obviously, right? It's the, right. the, the mocking of 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 you know. You, you look up at the booth and you see Al Michaels up there, and, and again they're looking around. They don't know where he is. <laughs> oh man, this is a great question. Okay, this is awesome. Um, so I find Aaron Rodgers. Like, I, I believe we've learned in the last year, it, it might be fair to say that Aaron Rodgers is a bit more divorced from reality than than your average bear. Um, I don't know, but 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 that's the thing is, like, he's also a bit more grizzled. So he might be able to deal with this a little bit easier than Josh Allen, who at this point, you know, all signs point towards Josh Allen is a big golden retriever who hasn't lost his innocence about anything. Um, yeah. And so... For Allen, right, so advantage advantage Green Bay, I think, at the outset. I think that the way the Bills can win this game is Josh Allen is more likely to directly and honestly process the emotions he is going through um, <laughs> as opposed to Rodgers, who I think will take it to an even darker place. And <laughs> so my prediction is the Bills win – because Allen re- eventually recuses himself, you know, goes down the 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 the, the lonely path of of retro of a uh, of a uh, forgiveness, not forgiveness, uh, but but remorse. And meanwhile, mm-hmm. Allen, or sorry, uh, Rogers, who already is dissociative of reality and has now tasted human blood, so to speak, um, he's killed a commentator he's annoyed with. Why shouldn't he kill an offensive lineman that doesn't block properly or a wide receiver that dropped a ball or a coach that called a stupid play? And I think that by the end of the game, the Bills win sort of by forfeit because most of the Green Bay team has been either maimed or killed. Um, And Rodgers able to deal more directly, able to incorporate that psychology better uh into his psyche unfortunately incorporates it in a poor way that ultimately mm. um 
you know, is is released upon his his brethren, whereas Alan, who struggles with it personally and can't deal with it as well, ultimately removes himself from the equation in a sense of self-sacrifice because he understands, you know, he's no longer fit to live within human society. And so, uh, you know, as most Hitchcock stories are, they ultimately end as moral ones. And so I'm going to I'm going to say that's that, you know, Bill's win uh, by forfeit. I believe the score is one nothing when it's a forfeit. So um, that's what I'm going to say. That'd be a two, score. Two nothing. Two nothing. Oh, that would not um, got me. Uh, what was well, I going to say? Yeah, it's a bit of 10 little Indians for Frank as Aaron Rodgers, as, you know, various Green Bay players are, you know, crushed. Agatha by, Christie you know, now. Okay, good. Stands. Yeah. Yeah. He got a bloodbath and Frank's, Frank's got a Halloween bloodbath going on here. Um, I, you know, first, I think I'm going to assume that. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is going to be high as fuck when he does this, right? I mean, he's going to have all the ayahuasca, like all of the ayahuasca in the world. He'll have taken beforehand. Now that's going to help him not deal with the guilt of the murder off the bat. Um, but it is going to affect his play early on. I would imagine being high as fuck on ayahuasca. Haven't been personally. Um, probably not conducive to reading defenses very well. So I think that could be problematic for him. I think Frank may overestimate how quickly Josh will be able to process what he has done. I think um, cold-blooded murder usually takes a little more than three hours to process. I, I'd have to look <laughs> at my my DSM five and see exactly what the you know what the what the typical is on this one. Um, I think I, you know I I I think though that Josh is just going to be a little too. Uh, torn apart by this i think for the first time in seven meetings ever in buffalo uh the packers are going to win a game packers have never won in buffalo but i think this is the set of circumstances that is needed is that when (laughs) the quarterback commits murder (laughs) right i think when josh and aaron uh commit a a dual homicide uh on on chris collinsworth i think aaron being just high as fuck on ayahuasca as i've said now three times uh is going to postpone him having to deal with that and he honestly he might be a sociopath anyway so he might not even care uh but i think even though that adversely affects his play i think it's not going to adversely affect him as much as josh so i'm going to say uh the packers win this one and what's a defensive battle for a while i think they're going to win like 17 to 10 Paul Paul desperately yeah. wants somebody to get in contact with him about if they have any ayahuasca if, right if they know where it grows <laughs> Telling you, the guy on K Street who gives edibles, no ayahuasca there, not on the menu. <laughs> Jake from State Farm, you'll never guess what I did. <laughs> <laughs> discount uh. double, discount. <laughs> we got to call this movie Discount Double Death. That we're going to be the name of the movie. <laughs> All right, that print, we got it. Got to so, get this in production. Um, yeah, no, I think he. I mean, I think Paul had it right. Unfortunately, I think. I think. I think I think a little bit of Aaron Rodgers. I, I think that the chemical additives do help him process this. Um, also, probably help him uh, in terms of his pain management during the game. To be honest, um, he's probably not feeling any pain while he's under the under the under the influence here. So I think that's going to keep him. Uh, but you know, he's yeah. a veteran, and I think he'll still be able to to get his head together um, and deal with this kind of petty petty mental issues that only affects mere mortals. Um, whereas he can continue to exist in a superhuman kind of phase. Um, and then he can also always um, uh, he can he can take some herbal supplements and things, um, and that'll probably help him deal with that 
rather than actually going to therapy or talking to anyone about it. Or, yeah, you know, someone will tell him. Science. Yeah, yeah. I, was, I realized like someone will tell him Chris Collinsworth was a lizard person and he'll feel fine about it. He'll be like, then <laughs> great. That's that's all <laughs> yeah, I needed to know. He is a yeah. Bilderberg. That's um, Collins. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, Dude, you want to talk um, about Bilderberg? Scott, however this, however this fourth one goes, this <laughs> has been my favorite wacky schedule in a long time. And that is saying something because I always enjoy wacky schedule. But these have been... Par excellence, sir. So even if like you're just like I, I got fed up, and the fourth one is just whatever the game is. That right, the Bills and Jets play. No, yeah, yeah. No, I think we did that one. I, I forget. <laughs> I think we did that one at some point. Uh, no, we did this one. I, I was I, the next. I think Frank. I don't want to. I don't want to raise expectations too much. But okay. I think I will have you beat next week. Next oh, week I am. I think the fact that you're even saying that makes me excited. If it doesn't work out that I it's beat this week, I it'll still be great. But I this okay. has been a lot of this these okay. have been real brain teasers and I'm I'm thrilled with it. So thank yeah, you. Yeah, I'm I'm curious okay. on his next week one because we play the Browns are one of those teams, and I'm wondering if the one that has it beat is the Browns <laughs> one or if this is a collective of the He Vikings, had to change Browns it. Originally the paths, yeah. originally the field was surrounded by massage therapists and oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Oh, um, Frank, Frank just got himself. Okay. But they no, but they but they were all coming back to take their revenge. They weren't going to be victims. They Absolutely. Were, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. It was. Yeah. Um, it was a different horror movie. I thought. Um, <laughs> OK. Um, what was I going to say? OK, so at the Jets, um, all the players are the nine year old versions of themselves. Man, I wish I knew anything we'll about with... the childhood history of these people. I guess it's oh. my turn to start. So, yeah, mm. I, I should dive in here. So nine-year-old versions of themselves. I feel like the law of, none of them grew up probably in New York City. So I'm guessing there's going to be a lot of people crying for their mommies being so far away from home uh, in the middle of a busy <laughs> stadium with 70-some thousand people screaming at them. I'm guessing. I there's Go ahead, Scott. I feel like a nine-year-old. Uh, so just a bit of FYI. I mean, based on how my seven-year-old is doing right now, I feel like in two years, like if you told him like he's going to go out and play football in front of seventy thousand people, he'd probably be excited. Like mm-hmm. maybe, well, maybe not my son, but I could see a son being excited. I could see, I could see these kids being excited because these kids were probably playing football for two or three years yeah. before that. In the in the lead up yeah. in 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 that in that time so yeah that's that's kind of where i'm at. yeah and it's and what's interesting too is nine-year-olds is this is the era where like Deion dawkins is he's not gonna be your tackle he's gonna be your fullback like that's the guy you put at fullback when you're nine years old like okay this is a kid that no one's gonna be able to tackle because he's so huge so we're gonna put him at a you know one of the skill positions just have him bowl over mm-hmm. people um boy i think there's gonna be a lot of exhaustion by the end of this it's it's a lot to ask for nine-year-olds you know 60 minutes uh on a pro football field um boy so many potential equalizers here trying to think of you know how this game could roll who is an uh, you know what i feel like you know matariza could probably punt a ball only about 65 yards when he was nine but i think the punting game is going to be a big advantage here and i i really feel that the bill's ability to flip the field because remember nine-year-old Right, 100 yards, that's going to wear you out, you know, pretty fast. So you can say, like, oh, they'll just hand the ball to the biggest guy and he'll run it to the, the field. That'll work once, maybe twice. But that guy is going to, that kid's going to be hyperventilating to be taken off the field and it's going to be ugly. So I'm going to say the field position game plays a big deal here. 
I think it's going to be, and again, my third time out of four, I'm picking a defensive struggle on this one. I'm going to say uh, the Bills with the, the weapon of field position are going to win this one. There's going to be some safeties here, and that's why we're going to have um, just kind of a very interesting uh, 29 to 18 score. Yeah, I, I agree with you on the safeties. I just don't think it'll be that many. I feel like people will get, I mean, have you met children? I mean, they, they get bored <laughs> so quick. They, they get exhausted. My, you know, at some point, you know, if my daughter's on this team, she's like looking at me like, oh my God, can I, can I just have some juice and sit down now? I am. Like, they think they have enough energy for all of this and they don't, they have energy for the unbridled, unstructured, whatever. The moment you want them to do something specific, it goes right the fuck out the window. So, yeah, I think it's going to be about who has the one player that really is uh, capable of running a little bit faster and harder than everybody else. And that kid's going to score twice. And then everyone's going to get kind of bored and want their orange slices. And the parents are going to be ready to go home. And, you know, so it's all about I, I'm just going to throw a name out there and say it's probably Von Miller. Von Miller is huge. Mm -hmm. He looks huge to me. I'm going to say he was probably a big nine year old and he's going to be able to do that. Uh, they'll score twice. There'll be there will be safeties based on some of the punting. I think I think Paul has something there. So I feel like this is going to be, you know, Bill's 18, um, you know, two touchdowns and two two touchdowns and no extra points, but also four safety, three safeties. And then the the Jets will get will you'll get they'll they won't get a touchdown, but they'll get um they'll get three safeties. And so it'll be eighteen to six. Okay. All right. It's it's gonna be the Bills. We are correct in that. I think I think you're gonna look for a couple things in the difference in the game. A okay. coaching. Who's gonna be able to get those kids motivated? Oh uh, yeah. Guy yeah, we should ask if, if McDermott and, and Soleil were nine year olds too in this scenario. That was they probably get to be twelve. Uh, I think, I think <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, <laughs> they're they're teenagers. You don't want teenage Sean McDermott. <laughs> That's not fun. But he'll try and get them motivated. At least <laughs> it's kind of a fun it's kind of a fun picture in my head. Um, I'm also now envisioning I mean he's not on our team anymore. But like thirteen year old Brian Dayball kind of being like you don't just 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 play along with that guy. Don't worry about it. Just Josh, just go throw it to throw it to Steph. He's fine. You, you, you're okay. Don't worry about it. Um yeah. So I think uh I think I think the physical talents are gonna shine through here. So we're gonna, you know, I think the the, the Jets defensive line is gonna be a little bit a little bit better than ours. Um but I think Josh Allen is going to be kind of a boy among men events. I think Josh Allen is going both ways in this game. A little Pop Warner action. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think I see him linebacker and, you know, yeah. maybe quarterback as well. Um, so I think I like those. I like those odds. Um, you know, the pass patterns going to be real simple, you know. So I think I think that'll work. To It's an old school Josh Allen. I think he can comprehend that better than uh, than Wilson at this point. Part of the theory for this game was that the Jets players are actually mostly nine years old anyway at this point because uh, they are all so young because there's so many uh, so many rookies on the team. <clears throat> so I think it's still a, a close game, but I do like the Bills um, with a similar kind of, yeah, there's, the kicking game is not going to be where it needs to be. Um, but everyone gets juice boxes and pizza afterwards and some orange slices. So I think that's the yeah. good news. So that means everybody's a winner. 
and uh, but the Bills especially the winner um, for yeah. this uh, well, last game of a wacky schedule. And someone's complaint, like you know Isaiah McKenzie, the whole ride home's like, but I didn't get to score a touchdown. And it's like I know, honey, but every everybody gets a turn. We all but just the team won, right? The team won. The team, your yeah. team won, right? But I just okay. really wanted to score the touchdown. Why can't you said I couldn't oh. punch him? Why can't I punch him? <laughs> ah! Okay. All right, sorry. I'm I'm afraid because the podcast is almost over, which means I have to go back upstairs and do more of that. So actual parenting, yeah. <laughs> actual parenting is about to happen very soon. And I just know when I get up there, she's gonna have some question that's gonna go right into my nose, up into my brain, and stick there. So, um, Bills Broncos. Speaking of, uh, I can't find odds. I know there are odds on preseason games, um, but I don't really care. Uh, what do you want to see? Thank you. First of all, thank you, Scott, once again for another excellent segment. Paul, what do you want to get out of this Broncos game? Yeah, I want the stars get out healthy, which is yeah. what, what most of us want. I just want to see them uh, gel a little bit, just the just the basics, and that's that's fine with me. Get out of there are healthy. Are you surprised they're playing? Sorry, are you surprised they're playing? No, because I feel like back in the old days, it was the third preseason game that was kind of the warm up, and then your fourth game, you'd play the guys who are fighting for those last roster spots. I think with mm-hmm. now being down to three games, last year they played the starters a lot in that third and final game. Um, that didn't really work out in terms of the the regular season impact. So I think maybe they're going to go with, okay, let's get, let's get them on the field a little earlier than later this time for real game action. And, you know, then they'll use the fourth game is pretty much the audition for the guys who are fighting for spots 50 through 53 on the roster. Okay. Healthy. But uh, yeah, yeah. Get, get out healthy, uh, you know, and just try and try and get, you know, gel a little bit, make sure, the, the rookies like Elam and Shakir, who you expect to maybe have somewhat of a role this season, get them out there for more snaps than not. Try and help out, you know, figure out the cornerback battle. And, uh, hey, try and keep that winning streak alive. Be nice to double digits with 10, but that's obviously not the main goal of this one. Scott. Yeah, like Paul said, you know, get the rookies worked in, you know, um, uh, Cook. Um, I want to see, I want to see the, the cornerbacks, Elam and Benford kind of, how they're how they are in a kind of more full-time uh kind of uh expectation um and yeah i'm gonna see i kind of want to see what happens with ariza with ariza and see if that continues to if this is this is where he seals the deal and and takes takes hold of the thing or if um because like you know uh it worked out with bass you know for the most part you know i think Mm -hmm. he got i don't say lucky but it was a great pick and he could be the kicker on this team for the next 10 years and mm-hmm. I would be happy with it. I think he's he's in that category of like a lifetime kicker. Um, so you don't want to pull the trigger too early, but clearly they 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 knew what they had with him. And they did it. I think Ariza is almost at that point. But you also don't have to rush it either. Like if you need more time, you need more time. Like he's he's under contract. Like we've got another couple of preseason, you know, another preseason game to work through. But let's see if he can walk, run away, hunt away with this uh, with this uh, player with this uh, hunting job this weekend. Yeah. Bills, bills by six is the the line, by the way. Okay, very good. So somebody somewhere knows something, maybe. Um, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I think the other good thing is if it takes him a little while during the season to get it together, uh, don't punt. Just, you know, keep going for it. <laughs> uh, you, you guys have echoed my sentiments with regard to the team. So I think I will end on the note by saying we are less than three weeks away from the, the season opener. Uh, you know, this time, three weeks from now, not only will we have watched a game we might even be talking about it on friday 
doing a podcast. We'll have to see how that plays out. But stay tuned to maybe next year, uh, which could prove to be an exciting football year. Certainly, we're all looking forward to it. I'm excited to think that we're just, you know, we're we're so close to the season starting. And we're very close to episode <laughs> of this podcast, the longest running podcast yep. in Buffalo Bills and human history. Um, we would like for you to get a hold of us, MNY Bills on Twitter. That's the way to do it. Um, find us on iTunes and other places, although iTunes is changing some rules. It's kind of weird. I know. So you can always go to anchor.fm slash MNY Bills and find us and you can get the RSS feed there. Um, it's all shit I got to look into. And I, you know, I have copious amounts of time, everyone. So <laughs> thanks for teaching everything. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, we'll look forward to you. Hopefully next week we're going to start getting into our more regular uh podcasting now that the season is upon us until then thank you so much for listening my name is frank i'm scott i'm paul good night everybody